Welcome to the Nutrition Burnout Podcast, your home for food and body obsession. I'm your host, Christy Brown, founder and creator of Intuitively Strong. My friends, it is so good to see you again, hear you again. I'm just happy you're here. Today's episode is about why you aggressively feel the need to finish your plate, even if you're not hungry. Ooh, it's a big one. Like, I have to finish this. I feel like I have to finish this and I'm not hungry, but I don't know why. Why do I feel like I have to finish this? I am going to answer those questions and more because this is what I do. This is what I love. I could talk about this for days and days on end. So let's talk about the social pressures of eating. So it's really tough you know, the people that you love when you're around them, let's say you're up north. I live in Michigan. That's what we do. We go up north. Or when family comes into town or you're getting together uh, for events or social events or people are just coming over and you're hanging out, family, friends, whatever it might be. It's tough when you either know that they're going to comment on your body or comment on your plate. Um, This is where we need to really start setting boundaries for ourselves, right? But boundaries that are right for you in your personal situation. So let's set up your personal boundaries around family, friends, and yourself for this new journey that you're on. Because this is tough. One of the things that everybody always asks me, and I even have a whole lesson on this in my Courageous Nourisher course is how to deal with the social pressures of eating, right? Somebody giving you food or somebody telling you, oh, wow, but you should go on this diet with me or you should lose some weight or wow, you've gained some weight. And unfortunately, people say this shit and they do it and it makes me want to just hurl in a Dixie cup. Like honestly, Bohemian Rhapsody, Wayne's World style, hurl in a Dixie cup. I I can't stand this. I can't stand this talk um, because everybody is so different with health. Health looks so different on everyone. And if I were to tell you the truth, um, healthy for me when I had an unhealthy relationship with food, when I was at my leanest and when I was at my biggest would have been a cheeseburger. For me, healthy would have been allowing myself to eat all food so that they come down from their pedestals. Because now I can honestly say that I have an effortless relationship with food. You could leave any food on the counter. I might have a bite. I might taste test it to see if it's something that I actually want. But I no longer feel the need to appease anyone or have them look at me a certain way because I set those boundaries up of self-care. I know who I am. I know what I do. And this is what I want to help you set up for your journey. Because you don't have to waste your food if you're afraid of wasting it. You you picking up what I'm throwing down here? You do not have to eat something just because somebody gave it to you. You don't have to eat just because everybody else is eating. And yes, I know there's dinners, things like that, but there's ways around this. So um, we can always save our food for later, right? That's what refrigerators and microwaves are for. And ask somebody else if they want to take our leftovers. Like I do this all the time at restaurants, Um, box them up, things like that. But it took me a while to get to this place because Your body is not a dumpster or a trash can. And I got a lot of slack on this on TikTok. Uh, Oh my God, it was insane how many people commented on this this video that I made, if you saw it or heard it. Um, 
a lot of people thinking that I just throw away food, things like that. No, 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 no. What I'm, what I'm talking about is that last couple bites. You know, the last couple bites or when somebody's like, oh, come on, there's two enchiladas left. It's like, just finish them off. And you're like, oh, well, I might as well, right? When am I going to get enchiladas again? When am I going to get mom's homemade uh, chocolate squares? When am I going to get grandma's homemade tortillas again? Like, I don't know. So I'm going to eat it all now because I don't know when I'm going to get it again. So we have this mindset and this is one of the reasons why we feel like we have to clean our plates, one of the many, which I will go over in a little bit. But whether you're part of the clean plate club gang or if your family maybe had less means growing up and not finishing everything on your plate made you feel like you were throwing away money, both of these scenarios are real and they're valid, right? I have a lot of clients that are like, Christy, I I feel like I'm throwing away money if I throw food away. Or even if I wrap it up for later, it's like, well, somebody's going to take it, right? I live with roommates or brothers and sisters or with my family or my husband's going to take it, something like that. It, It can be like very traumatizing for people to save food and then it's gone. It A lot of things have happened in my clients and probably your life too um, and in my life to where food is sacred. Food is like, oh man, this was your value point. So um, all of these thought patterns come from a scarcity mindset and they are laden with guilt and shame for not eating either the prescribed amount on our plates um, or they create a huge vat of shame or disgrace or unconscious liability in our minds and it really boils over into the depths of our character. Also, we don't waste food or hurt somebody's feelings and I'm literally doing air quotes and you can't see it, but I am. But what happens to our feelings and, and comfort when we eat more than is actually comfortable to us, right? Think about the last time you overate. How did that actually feel? So my thoughts on this, if you're not keeping leftovers, right? If like that's something that you just don't eat leftovers or you can't take it home because you're on vacation or something like that, you don't have a microwave or refrigerator and you get to choose really which one feels less painful to you. You can either throw this food away, give it away to somebody else, have somebody else take it home or you can waste the food by wasting it in your stomach, right? These matured seeds of guilt, like, oh, but I can't, I can't get rid of this food, but I never get to eat at this restaurant, but we never go out like this, but we never have ice cream like this. Like if you keep adding those up, I remember one time thinking, but I never get to go to this restaurant, but we're never here with these people, but I never get to go out and and drink the things that I actually like. It happens more often than not. especially now that you know COVID, we're, we're out in the world again, we're seeing people again, this is going to happen more and more. So like I said, these seeds kind of plant within us and they plant within us at a young age, right? Finish your plates. You uh, eat, eat what your grandma made you. Don't be rude. You know, we can't afford this. Why are you wasting food? This can all grow into really like a strong barrier of a resentment that disregards our fullness levels and our self-awareness, but they're all based on old and outdated beliefs. So I want to dig into what's like what finding our satisfaction in a meal actually looks and feels like. So there are four main reasons why you feel like you have to clean your plate, okay? So number one, hurting someone's feelings. So someone made you food. You feel like you have to eat it. So if this happens, this happens a lot at holidays or maybe, you know, you see your parents every now and then. And of course, moms, parents, dads, they all just want to make you feel good. And in our culture, 
we center everything. We center celebrations, um, grieving, uh, anything at all with food, right? It's all about the family getting together around food. So a lot of people, a lot of moms, a lot of parents, a lot of dads will celebrate grandmas, grandpas by making you food. That's their way of telling you that they love you. So here's a solution to this. So tell them that you're going to take the rest home and eat it when you're actually hungry, right? Tell them you'd rather eat it when you can enjoy it in its entirety instead of eating it when you're not really that hungry, right? I really want, this is my favorite thing, right? When grandma makes the tamales or my mom makes the homemade uh, tortilla chips, oh my God, you better believe I am there. I am eating them and I actually know now a point to where it's like, okay, this is too much. I know to back off because it's not going to make me feel good. And when mom's like, come on, there's only a couple left. It's like, okay, I I know. Hey mom, listen, I am not that hungry right now. And these are my favorite. So I'm actually going to enjoy them when my taste buds are at their highest level right now. Right. Or what you can do. And what I tell a lot of my clients is to take a bite, right? Take a bite and say, oh my gosh, this is absolutely delicious. I'm going to take the rest home and, and enjoy it later because I don't want to waste any of this goodness while I'm standing here over the bowl or over the pan and just eating a bite with my fingers, right? I want to be sitting down. I want to cherish this moment. So what you're actually doing and what's going to happen is you're going to respect them a lot more. You're going to respect what they made you and what they did for you a whole lot more. And then the second one is a fear of wasting food. So this stems from, like I said, a lot of people maybe didn't grow up with, uh, they grew up with lesser means, they grew up with less money. So, um, or fear of wasting is just, my gosh, my parents grew up, we grew up in the clean plate club gang. Man, you did not leave the table without cleaning your plate. And of course, this stemmed from their parents who were in the depression in the 20s. And my grandpa grew up, you know, at one night he said we had an onion to feed the whole family and my mom grilled it and that's what we had. So of course, this is that scarcity mindset. You eat what's given to you. You can see this passed down by generation to generation. So my thought process is we luckily live in an abundant, an, an abundant society. Um, and if our way to be grateful about the food that we have is to honor it to honor our hunger around it, to honor and respect our fullness around it. So if you're not keeping leftovers, like I said, you can either waste this food in your stomach or you can waste it in the garbage, obviously, if you're not keeping leftovers. Um, And I'm talking about the last couple bites here, right? You have the last couple bites and you're like, oh, come on, it's only two bites here. I shouldn't waste this. When's the the next time we're going to have another pizza night, right? When's the next time I'm actually going to get this ice cream? I should just eat the rest of it. Whatever I put in my bowl, I'm going to eat. So my theory on this is either way, you're still wasting that food. And waste it in a way that supports you the best, okay? So if you're not saving it, Um, If you're not giving it to somebody else, if you're not saving it for leftovers, by all means, you have every right to honor and respect your fullness. Um, The fear of wasting food, it stems from that scarcity mindset. So we, when we have an abundance around this food, when we think, okay, like I really am done here by eating these last two bites, I am already stuffed by eating this. It's going to take me over the edge. Who are you really helping here? right? You're actually taking away from the experience of the food that you love because it's going to make you feel worse in the end. So watch out for that fear of wasting. The next one is restriction, right? 
feeling like you'll never be able to have this food again, so you need to eat it all now. That's what this is. This is the classic, like our biology, we were born to find what is scarce. When we were hunters and gatherers and life was to survive. Anything that was scarce, we had like a third eye out for. We looked for all the time. Anything that was scarce, we made sure that if we found it, we ate it all because we didn't know when we were going to get it again. This was food. This was um, gathering uh, for resources, anything like that. And I know I talked about this in the last podcast episode, but it's the same thing as the toilet paper pandemic, April 2020, right? When Toilet paper was a scarce item. It was freaking gold. And if you had some at home and if you were lucky enough to go to the store and found somebody putting it out because the shelves were all gone, they were empty, then you grabbed as much as you could, as much as would be allotted to you because you didn't know when you were going to get it again. This is the same thing that happens with restriction. Um, I had a client come to me and she goes, Christy, I don't know why, but I feel like I have to eat this I had this uh, she had a dessert and she's like I don't know why I wasn't hungry I sat there but she goes I felt like I absolutely had to eat it now what this comes from I actually had a very similar experience going through my journey of healing my relationship with food and my dog is tap dancing around here so if you hear little noises that's what she's doing um what happened is I had M&Ms and I was going to give them to my grandpa because he loves them for his birthday, along with some like lotto tickets. Because what do you get grandpas? Like grandpas are the hardest people to buy for. So I ended up going over to his house for his birthday and forgetting the M&Ms. So I left them at my house, came back, and the next day I was having lunch and all the things and I saw them up on top of my refrigerator. I always kept bad foods, I'm doing air quotes again even though you can't see, out of sight, out of mind. For me it was like if I don't see them then I'll forget about them. So I saw them like that pretty gorgeous yellow inviting package above my refrigerator and I ended up being like oh my god I had this insane pull to eat them. Like a crazy, I have to, I have to eat this. And I don't know what it was. I still, I have a very hard time explaining this, but I had to eat it. In my mind, I couldn't not eat them. And I had a client go through the same thing. She goes, I don't know what came over me. I I had to eat this though. I had to. And it was a really weird feeling. I'm like, I know exactly what you mean. It's what it is, is when you start healing your relationship with food, if you have that intense of a craving, like there is no way I cannot not eat this. That means that you're in the process of bringing these foods down from their pedestals so that food becomes just food, right? When we glorify food, when we make it our toilet paper of April 2020, then it becomes scarce. It becomes an item that's like, whoa, we glorify it. We idolize it up on its pedestals. We put a crown on it and we call it king, right? And when that happens... When we look at that food, we treat it as such. We treat it as royalty. We treat that food as the end-all, be-all, like, ooh, this is gold. This is so crazy. I'm doing it. And then all of a sudden, our, our diet rebel comes out, our intuitive eating rebel, to where it's like, screw it. I don't care. Just do it. You have to do this. If you don't do this now, it's like our restriction is releasing in a very intense way. So what this is, the restriction, you might not have things that are that intense, but 
some people do and that's okay it just means that you're learning you're adapting that things are changing and that's a good thing so when that happens I want you to really start thinking about okay did I eat my three core meals today? Did I eat my breakfast, my lunch, my dinner? A lot of my clients will be like, oh, I hadn't eaten in a while. Well, there you go. Um, When your blood pressure gets too low, you haven't eaten in a while, your body's going to want fast digesting carbohydrates uh, like white carbs, white bread, white rice, uh, white potatoes, um, sugar, ice cream, things that are fast digesting. It doesn't want slow digesting brown rice and avocado. It wants fast digesting things to replenish your body. So um, a lot of times they didn't eat enough food or maybe they hadn't eaten in a while or maybe they under ate in satisfaction, meaning they only ate clean all morning and lunch and now all of a sudden they're like, okay, I am in a satisfaction deficit. I haven't eaten anything that I've been craving. So now it's like your mind is like, attack, attack, get the M&Ms. We don't know when we're going to get them again. Go, go. So your mind is just instantly in this in this attack mode. Like I said, under eating during the day can cause overeating and mindless eating at night. So what I want you to do here when this happens is this is going to take time. It took you time to learn these things and now it's going to take you time to unlearn. Uh, This is what we call diet culture, right? You're going to hear this word a lot. Diet culture is the thought that skinny means healthy. It's like skinny teas and avoiding hunger and chewing gum and drinking water to feel full and avoiding eating. Um, It's all these diet tactics and, you know, lose 30 pounds in 30 days type things that are just going to make you lose the weight and then gain it right back and then even more. So when this happens, it's going to take time to unlearn. So this takes practice. You're not going to get it in one night. You're not going to get it after listening to this podcast episode. But use compassion and investigation rather than hate, right? I got down on myself. I'm like, God, Chrissy, are you kidding me? Why did you do that? You've been doing so good today and then you just ate this. What the hell is wrong with you? So instead of that, I want you to be like, hey, I'm not upset at you, Christy, for eating what you thought your body needed, right? To you, you had to have that. There was no other way around that. You would have eaten that. So I want you to really remember that the more you restrict or tell you tell yourself that you can't have a certain food or have something, the more you will want it. So I want you to use these techniques in these tools to start bringing these foods down from their pedestals and to neutralize them. Your goal is to make food just food again. Food is just food, right? Cookies are just food. And now it's like I can look at broccoli and cookies on the same plate and be like, okay, wait, who actually has broccoli and cookies on the same plate? It'd be me. It'd be me right here. And I want you to be like, okay, well, I know that I want to eat this because it's going to nourish my body also want to eat the cookie because I know that it's going to taste good, right? I like things that taste good and it's okay to eat things that taste good. It doesn't make me an unhealthy person just because I ate a cookie. That is kind of that mindset of the diet culture that cookies are bad, eat the apple instead. But that's exactly what causes these intense cravings and these intense binge eating or overeating sessions. So I want you to actually add in satisfaction. And when I say that, satisfaction is what you would previously probably call bad foods. I don't label foods as good or bad, uh, healthy or unhealthy. Every single food that I eat has a purpose to it, whether it's just because I want it to taste good or because I just want that feeling or because I need food to live or whatever it might be. Every single food has a value to it. 
in my life. Now it's my choice to decide how much of it is going to make me feel good. So something you can do and something that I've prescribed a lot of my clients is to take a food that is one of your trigger foods or your fear foods and actually allow yourself to have it. Like I am allowing myself to have a piece of cheesecake every single day. And this is going to sound crazy. You're going to be like, Christy, you're insane. What is going on with you? You're insane. And I'm going to tell you this has worked because the minute you start to say, I can have this anytime, any day I want, it takes the intensity away from it, right? When I tell you you can't have something, it's going to make you more intense around it. So yes, and initially you might be like, okay, well, I ate cheesecake four days in a row. How in the hell do you think you're going to feel on that fifth day? It's probably not going to make you feel that great. So now you're going to be like, I'm going to ease up on the cheesecake. I'm feeling like I need some, some nutrients and some salads in my life. And then you're going to start to go towards that. This is the beginning of it. So start eating foods. I mean, shoot, if you have to eat a, a bite or two of cheesecake for breakfast or for lunch or for dinner, whatever it might be, you know, it's better to eat that one piece of cheesecake during the day rather than binging at night on all the food that you didn't get and you denied yourself. So this is basically eating your trigger foods with nourishment and in a structured way. So you're doing this earlier in the day to stave off binging at night. So this is what I call binge relief, right? I'm tossing myself a life raft in the sea of binge eating saying, here, here's a little bit to hold you over until you can get to your boat. This food is never going away. I can always have more later. The fourth one is emotional eating. Emotional eating, hot damn, this is a big one. I used to eat emotionally all the time. Now, all of the things before that we talked about, um, the lack of food boundaries, of eating when you're not hungry, of under eating during the day so you overeat at night, this can exacerbate emotional eating. I always tell my clients, at the beginning of the day, you have the most willpower you want ever have during the day because you don't have decision fatigue yet. I read something that you literally make 20,000 decisions in one day from like what pair of socks you're gonna wear to the title of the email you're sending to how you're gonna wear your hair that day to which fork you're gonna pick out (laughs) of the silverware drawer. It sounds so silly, but these are all the choices that you make in a day. So when you think about it, by the end of the day, your willpower gets drained because willpower gets drained. It's an exhaustible resource. I learned that from my coach that your willpower is going to drain out during the day. And so now you've had so much decision fatigue. You've probably had a lot of stress during the day. And especially if you've under eaten in calories or in satisfaction, right? You only ate clean during that time. If you have an emotional night and you're emotional eating, that's only going to exacerbate it even more. Uh, So when you do emotionally eat, um, first of all, I do want to say emotional eating is not a bad thing. I actually still emotionally eat and that's okay. Emotional eating only becomes bad when it's your only way to cope and your only way to get by. Because even when I emotionally eat, I will still say to myself, okay, Christy, you know that you're not biologically hungry, but you know that you are emotional eating right now. And I'll be like, hell yeah, Christy, I need this back the F off. I'm good. So I'll actually eat the food, but it will make me eat less because I'm understanding. I'm recognizing. I'm labeling what's going on in my head. I am not an overeater. I'm not an emotional eater. I'm just experiencing emotional eating. I'm experiencing overeating right now. And so now I want to find the source of this emotion, right? I want to go find the source and be like, all right, what am I hoping this food will give me or fix in my life? And I'm telling you a lot of times it's that I am hoping this food will give me love. 
I'm hoping this food will give me attention. It will make me feel adequate. So when I follow through on that emotional eating, it gives me that temporary sense of numbness. We need to be really mindful of where these emotions and these feelings are coming from because food will only fix it for a hot second, right? When we actually chew, when we eat, what we're doing is we're staving off that feeling. We're, we're putting everything under the rug and eventually that rug is going to be like, it's going to blow up with all of our shit underneath it. And it's going to come back tenfold. My grandpa always had this saying, pay now or pay later and later always costs more. So I think about that with my feelings. If I don't deal with this feeling now, if I don't deal with this feeling of, oh my God, why is my husband not paying attention to me? Or, oh, I sent that email that was the wrong one. I can't believe that. Da, 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 da. What is the emotion that that I need to get out? Usually we're taught to hide our emotions, that to be shameful about them, but I want you to actually face your demons head on. I want you to deal with them because that's where a lot of this emotional eating is stemming from. Okay, my friends, we have talked a lot today about the reasons why you feel like you have to finish your plate, why you feel like you're eating, but you're not even hungry. There is a lot more boundaries that we can go over here, and I think I'm going to go over that in the next episode. So let's do that. Until then, my friends, I need you to hook me up with five stars on this podcast episode. I would love you forever, and you would be my bestest friend. The more that this podcast reaches people, the more people it will help. If you found this helpful, then please, by all means, send that five-star review, and I will give you a virtual high five and a big warm hug. Um, Until then, too. Make sure you click the links at the bottom of this episode because that is where you join my Sunday Scaries, which is my email series. It's a free email series that I offer every Sunday night because Sunday nights were the scariest times for me uh, with intuitive eating or eating in general, being healthy around food or being a normal person around food. I usually overate on the weekends and then I would be like, all right, we're getting back on track on Mondays. And then this cycle just continued. So each Sunday night, I'm going to send you some warm fuzzies. I'm going to send you some tips, helpful tools just like this uh, in this podcast. Um, and also, if you're feeling super sassy, join my Eat to the Beat monthly masterclass where each month we go over a new theme about restriction, intuitive eating, food freedom, allowing yourself food while still being healthy and living an active lifestyle. You get all the goods. So, all right, my friends, connect with me. I love you. I think you're amazing. Stay courageous and stay nourished. Intuitively strong, happy.